For your sports talk fix every day from 4 to 6 is Scalzo and Brust. For your sports talk fix every day from 4 to 6 is Scalzo and Brust. For your sports talk fix every day from 4 to 6 is Scalzo and Brust. For your sports talk fix every day from 4 to 6 is Scalzo and Brust. Live from the Gruber Law Office's One Call That's All studios at Radio City, this is Scalzo and Brust, presented by Mobcraft on 94.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. It's a party, baby. Stop on by. He is Benny Badger, Ben Brust. I'm Greg Scalzo, Alex Strofe, Josh, and Maja running the show. You, the Scalzo and Brust family on Twitter, at Scalzo and Brust. Calling us, texting us, 800-990-3776. Again, 800-990-3776. And we will start with the story that has sort of taken over the day here in Wisconsin media, uh, around the state of Wisconsin, as the University of Wisconsin men's basketball coach Greg Gard under a little bit of fire after a recorded meeting that happened within the building, within the basketball program for the University of Wisconsin, was recorded with nobody's knowledge, or at least the coach's knowledge, had been anonymously leaked to Jim Polzine of the Wisconsin State Journal. In that recording, you hear the seniors for the Badgers, I believe there were seven of them, uh, kind of venting to their coach, Greg Gard, and uh, lamenting about their lack of relationship, upset about how they felt they were being treated, uh, and ultimately their um, uh, dissatisfaction with playing within the University of Wisconsin men's basketball program and the culture in which uh, they existed in. We have a former Wisconsin Badger star in Ben Bruss, somebody who helped the Badgers go to a Final Four, somebody who played under Bo Ryan, somebody who earlier today called those very players soft when he appeared on Wilde and Tausch. So Ben, I don't want to put any words in your mouth as we will be talking about this. I'm assuming throughout the entirety of the show, 800-990-3776, we do want to hear from you. Uh, ben, I will allow you to elaborate on some of your thoughts earlier that are making the rounds on Twitter when you did call those players soft and just your overall initial reaction again uh, to everything that has come out today surrounding Greg Gard and the leaked tape from a player coach meeting that happened in February of 21. At the end of the day, it, like it isn't a good situation for the Wisconsin Badgers, whichever way you spin it. The same way that it, is an org- that it is an organizational failure for the Green Bay Packers to have gotten Aaron Rodgers to this point where he does not want to be a Green Bay Packer is the exact same way that for Coach Guard and the Wisconsin Badgers that they should not be in this situation where it boiled up to a point where seven seniors for over two hours plus sat down and had the same feelings towards their coach and having a disconnect and not liking to play for Coach Guard. Like, it's that simple to me. That needed to be fixed and addressed so it didn't get to a point 
of where we got in that very meeting. That being said, this this is this is not a one-sided thing. The I, I said it. The play, I watched the Wisconsin Badgers play plenty, and and, and unfortunately, I wish I was a uh, UW uh, UWM Panther fan heading into next year because what I had watched on the court the last two years was soft play, and being soft doesn't necessarily mean you're getting bumped off the ball all the time. It means how you react on the floor mentally and how you prepare and how you play, and it just was not there at all. And it was and it was hard to watch. It was hard to root for. And but I but I like I said I I laugh at some of the comments because Bo Ryan would not be able to coach. He would not be able to coach any of these kids. I see a quote that says, "I just feel like coach we don't have a relationship." This was from Nate Reavers, a four-year starter. In my mind, it's too late for that. You don't think or feel like you care about our future aspirations. And, and, and that what was it. What what was that? You hear that playing under Bo Ryan? Juxtapose that to how it was for you and your teammates playing with Bo. I mean, Bo tore us a freaking part. Every single teammate that I played with had has been commented on, had said something bad about. Bo Ryan called me a bleeping, bleeping mother bleeper. And I thought I'd never play again. But guess what I didn't do when I went out at halftime and I didn't play the rest of the, rest of the first half? I came out in the second half and I played harder, so I got my ass on the damn floor. I didn't cry like a freaking baby. And that's all I hear is excuses. It's ex- I expect to get this. I want this. Earn it. Get your ass out there and earn it. I mean, I'm reading a quote from a walk-on. A walk-on. You should be happy to be on the damn team. You, you want Coach Guard to, to pay attention to you and coddle you like a freaking baby? No. Show up. Play hard at practice, and if you earn your opportunity, you'll get your ass out there. But instead, it's, oh, he doesn't care about me. Jeez. I mean, I, I listen to Coach Ryan say to somebody that he, that one of my teammates, Major, was education. He wanted to be a teacher. Bo Ryan told him he'd be a terrible teacher. Guess what? That teammate of ours bonded together with us. We talked about it. We laughed about it. And we came together and won together. It didn't matter if, if Bo was the, the good or bad guy. He did what he needed to do to motivate his players. And it, and it was so funny watching this all come full circle. As I saw a, a quote from Aleem Ford talk about how he started to, to play better to prove it to Coach Guard. It's like, oh, you mean you didn't like you know the way everything was? So you tried to you know get come together as a team to start winning. The whole thing is backwards. You can't freaking talk to any of these kids because it's all about their brand. It's all about them. Nate Reavers talks about how uh, it's not about. I don't, I don't want to win for your resume or all of them talk about. It. It's not about you. We're not. We're not here for your resume. Well, then why'd you come play for a program? Because ultimately, when you commit to play at a university, you're doing it for the damn program. Now it's all about the logo, the brand. Nate Reavers has a logo. The guy who got worse over his four years has a logo. <laughs> what is he going to do with that freaking logo? Put it on his Twitter and Instagram bio and say he has a logo? Because that's about it. 800-990-3776. I will say, it is surprising to me, uh, it's... It's not even that cool of a logo. Uh, you're, you're looking at, oh. I'm looking at his logo right now. Uh, it's sort of like an R mixed with an N. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, but I am surprised, right, because you hear stories in sports all of the time about players who are banded together and united through a shared distaste or a shared hatred of their coach. It seems like in this case it was said in that room, hey, we keep pointing our fingers at each other, which they're also blaming on their coach. Because, I, I, you know, that is a strategy the coaches will employ is, hey, I'm going to push my team. And through their shared hatred of me, they will band together and overcome this and grow through that element of adversity. It did not happen with this Badgers team, and we saw the output, which was a very disappointing 2021 season. 800-990-3776. Let's start with Ron in the key. Ron, welcome in to Scalzo and Brust. Good afternoon, guys. So, Good afternoon, I Ron. I suspected going in that Ben and I would disagree on this. So, I think you can want... So, I'm looking at this like a parent. I can want my kid to be to be tough and know that sometimes your coach may say something you don't like. Your boss, when you get out into the real world, may say something you don't like. And you might not have any recourse, so you have to be able to adapt to it. But that doesn't make the stuff okay. Just because something worked from doing some crazy-ass reverse psychology or just dysfunctional parenting type coaching works doesn't mean it's okay like that doesn't that doesn't matter like and i don't know whether guard is a great coach or not or if these kids are right or wrong but i think the premise that if it works to make some kids perform better that that alone means it's okay is flawed logic in my opinion well, then, looks like you want to go in third and fourth place somewhere, Ron. I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, it, it is, it is no, high-level collegiate athletics. Coaches. It is okay for the coaches, if they have a, a philosophy that works to win, to, to run that as their system. If it doesn't work for you and your child, you can go somewhere else. And, and that is what a lot or of these... they can coach, Or they can coach somewhere else if they end up losing too much. It didn't work for him here, right? I mean, look, they, he was the 2020 Big Ten staff. Coach of the Year. That doesn't happen by accident. I will say that. Did it work here? Like, isn't it also a coach's job to adapt? Just like a boss should adapt to their employees and the employees should adapt to the boss, the players should try to adapt to a coach and a good coach should try to adapt to his players. And that is why I started, Ron, by saying it is a failure that it got to the point that seven seniors needed a two-and-a-half-hour meeting because it, it should have been addressed long before that. I will add two things here. One, I, I do think, and I haven't seen it said very, very much today, the fact that the players did come to the coach to share this, invent it, and he sat there for two hours and took it and listened, like, does say something about Coach Guard, like, that they were willing to go there and say that instead of just transfer. The, the second piece of it, um, if I can pull it from my memory bank here, uh, the, the second piece of it is that ultimately, like, it goes back to what we've been talking about with the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. What is more important? Is it the culture? Is it the organizational philosophy? Or is it the individual players? Because there is something to say, okay, these guys couldn't handle it or it got to a point where, um, where, where it didn't work for this particular team. But if that's the culture that this coach believes is going to work, then ultimately it is his right to be able to build that culture. And the best part about sports is that there's a scoreboard. And if it works and he wins, they'll keep him. And if it doesn't and if he loses, they won't. 
And so, like, we will get to see what Greg Gard does and how the output of that is in the world of sports will determine whether or not or how long he stays with this Badgers program. But ultimately, that's the test. And maybe at a certain point, those players said, hey, coach, you weren't, you weren't uh, you know, doing things the right way, and maybe they'll be proven to be true. But the biggest thing that sticks out to me was that the players admitted, yeah, we started pointing fingers at each other. Not at the coach. They started pointing fingers at each other. And I don't know if that says more about the coaching, more about the culture, more about the players, but to me, that's where your team falls apart. Not if the players hate the coach. If the players can't band together, that, to me, is where you fail. I mean, again, going back to what I had read in that Madison.com article, Trevor Anderson criticized Coach Guard for the calling out of players after losses. Trevor Anderson, you just transferred to a university. You're going to Valpo next year. Do you need me to call the coach and say not to criticize you? Otherwise, you're not going to be okay? I mean, like, is that what Ron's talking about? Because if, if it's criticizing a player after a loss, I, I don't know what you want from a coach. You can't do that anymore. Nope. You know what? Great job losing. Great, great job losing, everybody. 800-990-3776. Quickly, we'll go to Carter and Fitchburg. Carter, 30 seconds. Welcome to Scalzo and Brust. All right, guys. So I usually what Ben says about college athletics, but today I'm a little bit against what, what he's saying, and I want to challenge him on kind of what was said because we do have the tape. So what was said was not about X's and O's. It was about personal relationships. And I think calling guys soft is Carter, you cut out. Are you here? Carter. Can you hear me? Can now. Yep. Sorry, okay. you cut out. Repeat what you said there. So this is not about X's and O's. This is about personal relationships. And when you're trying to build a four- or five-year program, it's it's a colossal failure on Greg to get to the point where you have fifth-year seniors who are calling a team meeting because they feel like they can't talk to you and that they don't have a personal relationship with you. And I think that's just embarrassing. You know, as a teacher, I build great relationships with my students, and I get more out of them when I have that personal relationship. And he needs to do that with his players. And, you know, he needs to figure it out with this next group he has incoming because if he doesn't turn it around, it's not going to be good. Thank Thanks you for the call. Carter, I hope you continue to build those relationships with your students. But again, I will, I will, con- children, I'm sorry, <laughs> Literally Josh. children. Okay. <laughs> students, no, I'm children. It's, it's, to your point, he's you dealing with kids. Anything, that, anything wrong. I wasn't helping that. you. Josh is agreeing with you. He's pushing it forward, yes. saying your children, those students are. Greg Gard is not there to hold their hand. He is there to coach them. Guess who had zero relationship with Coach Ryan until after he was a bas- uh, done being a basketball player? Myself and every other player that played for Bo Ryan. And, and again, part of this is Greg needed to figure out how he coaches and maybe needing to adjust to how, how different kids are because it is real. I will tell you, it is real. There is a difference between the players six years ago versus now. There, there is a difference. This isn't just like, oh, you're getting older, it's separated. There is a fundamental difference of kids that are playing now than when I did and when my teammates who played in 2015 did. So there was zero relationship with Bo Ryan. We literally were joking before we would go up to eat meal that you did not want to get stuck on the elevator with Coach Bo Ryan because it would be awkward because none of us wanted to talk to him because there wasn't that relationship. But guess what? It worked, and we won. So whatever your philosophy may be, you just got to make sure it works. Ben Bruss says if you're a walk-on, you should just shut it. We'll talk to a former walk-on. Current Packer Hall of Famer Mark Tauscher joins us next on Scalzo and Bruss. 
You're listening to Scalzo and Brust. If a car is driving 90 miles per hour, how far would it travel in half an hour? Uh, 30 minutes. Stream live and listen anytime on your time on Wisconsin On Demand. How many degrees are in a circle? It's a trick question. Zero. (laughs) What are you laughing at back there? Music means it's Scalzo and Brust here, presented by Mobcraft Brewery. Benny Badger, Ben Brust, spitting the truth. I'm Greg Scalzo. Alex Trofe, Josh and Maja running the show. You, the Scalzo and Brust family on Twitter, at Scalzo and Brust, calling, texting 800-990-3776. We will get back to the phone lines at some point. But right now, we're being joined by Packers Hall of Famer, former Wisconsin Badger, former walk-on. Wisconsin Badger, Mark Tauscher, joins us now on Scalzo and Brust. How are you, Tauscher? I'm doing okay, fellas. How are you? Benny, I'll tell you what, man. Uh, We give you a lot of grief uh, for a lot of fun stuff. You were absolutely fantastic on our show this morning, and we appreciated everything you did. Well, I appreciate you, Mark Tauscher, and I also appreciate the fact that you were a walk-on and earned your way to an 11-year career with the Green Bay Packers, while the likes of somebody that I never thought would be quoted in an article, Walt McGorry, as a walk-on, wants Greg Gard to pay attention to him more. McGorry. It's unbelievable. I believe there's, I believe it's G-R-O-R-Y. Exactly. McGorry. Exactly. Okay. So thank you for putting in your work and not crying while doing it. Well, you're welcome. You're very welcome, Ben. <laughs> Touch, what was your relationship like as a walk-on with your head coach at the time, Barry Alvarez, and at what point did you feel like you had a personal relationship uh, with him? Was it while you were playing? Because Ben's saying that none of his teammates had a personal relationship with Bo until after they graduated. Uh, you know what? I mean, I, I think your relationship gets a lot stronger uh, when you're done and when you're out of the program. I, there is when you're there. And now, granted, I, I'll be the first one to admit times have changed. And it is not the same. You know, the days of Bobby Knight, uh, fire and chairs and, you know, that brim, uh, firestone and brimstone or whatever that's called, that's a, it's a different era. Guys are different. But for me, it was I wanted, I think, when you come to the University of Wisconsin, you're not looking to walk out of there with, you know, being best friends with your coach. You want them to get the best out of you, to develop your talents, so that if you want to be a pro player or if you're going to get a degree, it's, it's the coach's job to get the best out of you as a player and as a person. That's it. Uh, now, basketball is different. There's less guys. But from a football standpoint, my whole thing was I came in really raw, and I left being a lot better football player, and I left being a lot more mature, and it gave me a chance to go out and fulfill – any career options that I had. And the university gave me that 10 times over. Uh, Barry Alvarez, I, I love him more now than I did when I was playing. He, is, he has showcased himself as someone that cares a lot about his players. He coached us hard. He had coaches that coached us really hard. And I think we all got better from that. But there was not like sit, you know, sit downs every day with them and, it, you know, you would ask about their, you know, you'd get a little bit, but it was about football and developing and all of the other stuff 
really was kind of a secondary byproduct of it. That's not what you went to school here for, in my opinion. And you speak to it. The times are changing. I see that one player says to Coach Guard, we're not here to build your resume. In a world of branding and social media and trying to get this name, image, and likeness going, does Wisconsin have to change their approach on how they try and recruit players, whether that be football, basketball? think so um I, I think what you have to do is you there there has to be more nurturing than there was when even when you played ben i think that you have to have an understanding of what your players need how can i get the best out of these players and as a player you have to also it's not it's not all about you like of course you want to make sure that you're getting your education and that you're developing as a player you want all of that but there is the team component, and what I'm most disappointed about this whole thing, yes, you could say, you know, all the tape leaked and all this. I'm disappointed in the fact that that is a special place. You're going to have tough conversations. Anyone that's played sports knows that. That's a part of the deal. When you lose that trust, your team, there's a, there's a reason your team doesn't do very well. You don't have that trust. You don't have a chance. And I think, unfortunately, that's a big part of what, I think happened with this situation and that's the part that it's just it's a it's a tough day from a Wisconsin you're a fan of Wisconsin it's a tough day for everybody involved talking to Mark Tauscher host of Wilde and Tausch night to noon across these very stations here on Scalzo and Brust across ESPN Wisconsin and I do think there is a comparison to sort of draw between what's happening here and the Aaron Rodgers situation that exists because Aaron's talked about how the organization for the Packers believes that they're larger than the players right they don't recognize that it's about the people and it seems like this too is another sort of intersection of culture versus players where Greg Gard is trying to build a culture and maybe not caring as much about the individual as he does about the culture is that changing across sports Tausch where it used to be no one's above the team it's the logo on the front not the name on the back is that now shift more player empowerment and how do we take care of the players that make the impact versus building that culture because those things to some extent are at odds with one another it is it's a good point Greg and I think when you know you're you're trying to figure this out it's still has to be about the collective. When you're talking about a team sport, this isn't, you know, you're running a 100-yard dash, and it's you're not playing singles tennis. There still has to be the collective. But I do think, you know, it's went one way for a long time. We're obviously, you know, looking at things. Players have changed their attitude. They have looked out for themselves more, and I don't think that's a bad thing. But it has to be within the realm of what are we going to do as a team, and you still have to – understand that you're going to get criticized, you're going to be coached hard, and it's not going to all be kumbaya. Like, that's just not how team sports works. And when you start figuring out how you can fight through adversity, you know, I'm coaching Little League tonight, and, you know, you're sitting there and you're, you're looking for constant ways, not only of, like, stay down on ground balls, This it's also about, hey, you make a mistake, just pop up, say, my bad, let's go get the next one. It's those little things that sports teaches you that makes it so great. And I don't want to say we're losing all that, but I do feel like there's a there's now getting to the point where you, there's no criticizing, there's none of that, and you don't learn a lot. If everything just goes unchecked, you have a team, you, you let things spiral out of control, 
And I don't think that's good for anybody involved. Tausch, you've mentioned how like the game has changed, times have changed, players have changed. If Barry Alvarez was coaching full-time right now, would he be able to adapt and win? Yes. Not a doubt about it. And I think uh, you're seeing that with Nick Saban. You know, you have the one thing you have is you have that track record and I think there's the it's a lot harder to question and to push back at coaches that have kind of that legacy that a Barry Alvarez and a Nick Saban have had. Now, you, I think you're seeing more players still, you know, with transfer rules and other things that you know, are able to do different things, but I think there has to be adjusting and to Greg Gard's credit, I don't know about you, I when I read that I'm thinking to myself, I can't imagine Bull Ryan ever sitting there having, you know, a meeting of eight or nine guys like that and just letting him come at them like that. I, I don't think that's the case. So, you know, Greg Gard, I don't know the whole scenario. I'm not in that locker room. I know Greg. I like him a lot. I think when you're open to listening to your players and you're trying to do things that are going to help them personally off the court and also on the court, that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to work through problems. That's why I think leaking the tape from a trust standpoint, man, if, if I'm a coach, I am wondering, do I have to ask every time am I being recorded? Because that that loses so much of that, I guess, the, the part of being a bonding and a, the team component, it loses a lot, and that's, that, that's the part that just sucks. Tausch, as someone who's been around and you mentioned like that loss of, of trust and, and having that in the back of your head, Coach Guard has Brad Davison, who is a part of that meeting, coming back. He has a core of six or seven freshmen that are coming in. How, what's his first step in gaining trust of the players? What would you do? Oh, That's a great question, Ben. I, I think the biggest thing is you're, you're as transparent, you're open, and you have you know, these leadership councils, you're always trying to – you have to understand the pulse of your team. The best way to do it is by winning. You don't typically see a lot of this when you're winning a bunch. I, you know, this team, I give them a lot of credit because when Kobe King transferred, what, two years ago, the way that they rebounded and fought through and overcame adversity, that's what they were lauded for. It was everybody was on board. And then last year, all those expectations, I feel like – you know, the part that's tough last year, you're not able to do a lot of the stuff that you really wanted to bond with a team. You can't go out to do the dinners. Everything was so isolated. I think that stress level that was added with COVID, I think that was a part of it that I'm sure the players were really frustrated about. They, you know, maybe Greg didn't, couldn't figure out different ways to work through that. That was just uncharted territory. So to me, I'm doing team-building exercises. I am doing as much stuff as you can off the court so that you have those relationships that you can get through these tough times and not everybody is turning on each other looking for ways to get out of it. That's, I guess, the first thing that you'd probably look at doing. Taoshi, great stuff. Uh, Before we let you go, anything you have for us? No, I'm just sad. I'm legit just sad about the whole thing because, you know, I think, you know, especially for Ben and I that are alumni of the school scouts, it's, it it just stinks. I think we all like Greg a lot. We love the basketball program. We want to see great things. And when our, it feels like there was kind of an attack from inside, you know, the family, it's one thing if you have Michigan people coming at you or Ohio state, when it's coming from your own locker room, it just makes you kind of sick. 
And I don't know about you, I felt queasy all day after I saw that, and that hopefully, you know, things will get better and you, you'll see things adjust, but... God, I just feel sick about the whole thing. It, Tosh, what I will say is it, it has brought this to a head, and we'll see now how the University of Wisconsin and the athletic department and basketball team respond. Yeah. It, you know, it, a lot of times they'll say, uh, you know, when you get faced with adversity, you're going to get stronger, you're going to wilt. And I, I, I trust that things will, will get better, we'll get stronger through it. But just a tough day, a tough day for uh, Wisconsin fans for sure. Thanks, Tosh. Thank you, Tosh. Appreciate the time. And yeah, it is tough, man. When there's snakes in the grass, when it's coming from inside, it does feel like the rot is inside out right now, and that is a tough place to be for the Wisconsin Badgers and the men's basketball program. Now he's got me sad. Yeah, I mean, especially when you think about Wisconsin, you think about a school that like typically is is doing it the right way, not getting in trouble, allegations, and you get to laugh at all the other schools who are making a fool of themselves, and now you're the one that's being laughed at from the outside. We'll continue talking. Greg Gard, this Wisconsin Badger story. Get to some one or zeros next on Scalzo and Brust. You're listening to Scalzo and Brust. Scalzo's and then, pretty good, but uh, Brust, I like him as a basketball player, but yeah. Subscribe and listen to full show podcasts available free on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Badger, Big Ten Benny. I'm Greg Scalzo. Alex Strofe, Joshi DiMaggio running the show. And you, the Scalzo and Bruss family on Twitter, at Scalzo and Bruss, calling us, texting us, 800-990-3776. Good stuff there from Mark Tauscher, a former walk-on. Uh, it is sad, and Ben, you brought up something that I am fascinated by, by, and I do want to talk about here in the coming days. I feel like everything we just learned today about Greg Gard with the secret recording that was anonymously sent to the Wisconsin State Journal um, that showed that the seniors on the team last year didn't feel loved and appreciated by their coach um, blaming him for their failure last season after rallying in 2020 to win the Big Ten and earn Greg Gard the 2020 Big Ten Coach of the Year I want to stay on that but I do want to put a pin in this so Josh let's write this down the idea of what it means for the Wisconsin Badgers when you can make money off of name and likeness and all of this and how that university given the culture that they've built, given the, uh, the, the, the sort of reputation they have, how they exist in the world that will become college sports. I do think that is something we can spend some time exploring, but of course right now we have our priorities, and you know what time it is. Time one or is zero. One or Are you a one or a zero? I don't know. That's the question you have to zero. ask yourself. Are you a yes or a no? There's no such thing as a gray area. Life is binary. It's just a one or a zero. He is 
Big Ten, Betty Bross, Tom Greg Scalzo, we are your contestants for Order Zero. Josh DiBaggio, your host, he asks us a question. We'd say one for yes, zero for no. There is no gray area. Josh, you take it away. This is quite a tone change here, but uh, this one... Uh, we need it, Josh. Yeah, we, need, right. we need the tone change. It, it felt weird, but rapper and singer T-Pain was depressed for four years after Usher told him he wrecked the music industry with autotune. One or zero. Autotune ruined music. All right, I have a few takes here, Benny. Will you let me lead this one off? Fire away, because I, like, I know autotune, but I don't know enough to say if it ruined the industry. Usher, the most overrated musician of the last 20 years. Name a good Usher song. Seriously. Yeah, Name one. yeah. Should he got down? Come <laughs> and get me. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'm so people talk caught up. Really feeling it. Caught up. I'm losing control. I had the album, clearly. <laughs> if that guy is the one telling you you've ruined music, like... Like, T-Pain has ten times the bangers that Usher does. The idea that Usher is like, hey, I'm the arbiter of what good music is. Usher, you made your entire living trying to be, like, he's a good dancer. He's a great dancer, great dancer, a great performer, and a very handsome man. And that's why he's successful. But he doesn't put out the bangers that T-Pain does. And I will also say this. T-Pain, top five live performance I've ever seen in my life. Like, uh-huh. just electric. Banger after banger. You're like, oh, I forgot T-Pain sings. I don't care if he uses auto-tune. I don't care what he uses. This is like the freaking folk festival up there in Newport telling Dylan that he shouldn't use the electric guitar back in 1968. Like, what the hell are we doing? Now everybody uses auto-tune, and Billie Eilish makes a living just making sounds into a microphone. So that's what I was going to say. Does Billie Eilish use auto-tune? Because that's immediately what I thought of. I'm sure she does in some Everybody aspect. Everybody yeah. does. Every single musician uses auto-tune at this point. If anything, T-Pain evolved the world of music. And Usher, you stink. He's you left behind. Stink. I think that's the secret behind what's going on here is is T-Pain evolved music past like what Usher really applied to. Gonna buy you a drink. And I'm pretty sure like Usher has used since that happened because it did change music and how it was made. And his album that I listened to is the only album I remember listening to. You yes, left in you're, the dust. Very, you're very proud of that album. Today is National Onion Rings Day, a day That's to recognize. You had, you had no no take on that, Benny? I want to get A&T to Hope Boy on here. You know what? I'll just call him after the show and talk about <laughs> You You guys can talk auto-tune for like a couple Apparently hours. Apparently nobody's interested in this. I gave you my whimpered response. Today is National Onion Rings Day, a day to recognize a batter-dipped, deep-fried, delicious treat that runs rings around other appetizers. One or zero. Onion rings are better than french fries. You, I'll, I'll, I can lead us off again. I mean, I'm you know my here. answer, Greg. Yeah, zero. I, mean, I, am, I am a french fry guy. I'm a bigger french fry guy than Ben Bruss. No, I'm just kidding. I won't take your I won't take your bit there. Um, like yeah, yeah, French fries are better. It's the fastball. Do you want to throw an onion ring in there a few times? And can an onion ring in a certain spot be better than a French fry? Absolutely. But as a consistent go-to, great side, great snack, French fries blows onion rings out of the wall. Onion rings, again, like they're they're great. One out of ten, like 
One out of ten meals, I'd like to change it up and go onion rings. But nine out of ten times, french fries are going to hit the spot. And I love a good curly, a good waffle, a good thin, a good crinkle, a good steak fry. I like all the different kinds of fries. Or even just like having a couple like onion rings sometimes. will be like, oh, I'm in the root for onion rings. But I don't want a full carton of onion rings. I just want a few of them. You get that taste in there. Like it, the half and half french fry onion ring combo has to be a necessity moving forward at restaurants. Winner zero, onion breath is the worst breath to have. Zero, garlic breath is worse than onion breath. Onion breath isn't great, but garlic breath will scare a girl away if you're at the bar and you had, you know, some Italian food. I'll go one step further. Maybe it's not one step further. I don't know why I said it like that, but coffee breath. Coffee breath because it also dehydrates, so you get the natural stink breath in with the coffee breath. Brutal. I didn't even... I, I, I My thought was garlic breath, but garlic breath but coffee breath does it that will smack you right across the face mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins cousin Jake made his MLB debut last night for the Milwaukee Brewers one or zero Kirk is a bad first name zero it, it's a, it's a, it's just a first name it's not a bad first name it just sort of exists out there like I know a couple Kirks they don't really do much for me. Like, they're not bad, but they're not great. Kirk just exists. Has there ever been a cool Kirk? I was going to say Kurt Ben Kirk because his name, you know, the new no. Packers quarterback, but that doesn't work because his name's Kurt. Isn't there Captain Kirk? Wasn't that a thing? From Star Trek or something? I don't know. That sounds really cool. Well, I think like William Shatner, right? He played Captain Kirk. Bill. We're going to get a... James Kirk. Star Trek. Yeah. See, look at that. Uh, no, I, I'm not a fan of the name Kirk. It is definitely a below-average name, I would say. Yeah, it's a bad first name. What? Kirk is a bad first name. It's Just not be as Kurt. Bad as Walt, Walt McGrory, <laughs> McGrory. You know, like that's a brutal name for that kid. Uh, but like Kirk. Not a good first name. It's okay. You can be a good person with a bad first name. I'm not a huge fan of the first name Greg. If I'm being honest, Poppy. I don't think it's a bad first name, but. Poppy, who famously sends me $100 every birthday still. Your grandfather, still. yes. Yes. Uh, his name is Walter McClure. So I feel like that's more powerful than Walt. Like, Walter McClure. Does he go by Walt? Uh, I don't know. I, Wally? I have no... Is that weird? I don't know what my grandpa goes by because I just call him Poppy. <laughs> that is very bizarre. <laughs> Everyone calls him Poppy. Walter, Walter. I don't know. I hope the Scalzo-Brust family starts looking up Walter McClure in the Chicago area as Ben Brust gives his full name of his grandfather, Poppy. Um, and we can just all reach out. Not in the Chicagoland area. Perfect. Even better. Should I tell you where he is? Not 800-990-3776. Again, 800-990-3776. Ben Bross calls these players soft, uh, who recorded... Well, we don't know, actually. I shouldn't. I should not say that. We do not know who recorded and who released the tape that was uh, featured in a story today by Jim Polzina in the Wisconsin State Journal. But Ben Bruss called the seniors who were involved in that player-coach interaction soft. We'll talk more about it next than Scalzo and Bruss. You're listening to Scalzo and Bruss. Four, three, guess somebody. Two, I trust you. One, do it. The New York Football Giants. Yeah! 
touch. We can't touch each other. Subscribe and listen to full show podcasts available free on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Gotta let it burn. It's gonna burn for me to say this. It's coming from my heart. It's been a long time coming, but we didn't been fell apart. We really wanna work this out, but I don't think it's gonna change you. I do, but you don't think it's best we Stop do it for me. Stop do it for me. Look at that voice. He doesn't need auto tune. He doesn't, baby. I ain't oh. me, baby. This we're going. gonna do it. I think that you should let it burn. This is the pinnacle of Usher's music career. He's not in a position to criticize anybody. Let it burn. I'll take my guy, my guy A&T to Hope Boy over Usher any day of the week and twice on Sunday. I agree with that, actually. I stand by that take from Greg Scalzo. He is Ben Bross, Big Ten Benny. I'm Greg Scalzo. Scalzo and Bross presented by Mobcraft Brewery. Alex Strofe, Josh Dimaggio you're running the show. We're obviously talking the uh, story of the day. Comes out, Jim Polzine reports, uh, after a tape, uh, what was it, 47 minutes recorded and edited, 37, I apologize, 37 minutes recorded and edited uh, without the knowledge of Coach Greg Gard. We don't know if it was with the knowledge of the players in the room. Uh, and it was sent anonymously to Jim Polzine, in which the players were complaining that they didn't have the relationship they wanted with their head coach and ultimately blaming him for their failures and the fact that they were blaming each other for each other's shortcomings. Ben Bruss, you started off the show calling them soft, talking about how uh, that's not how it is done in D1 Athletics. Dave from Monona chimes in, says that was the best segment by Ben Breastmilk in his radio <laughs> career. He sounded compassionate, made sense, and didn't sound like a boob. That was impressive. We have 920 chiming in, says Cripes, Benny's got me fired up. I'd play for Coach Ben. Brett Noclair says, maybe Ben can ask this. Is this why Kobe King left so abruptly? So, Ben, I will ask you that question. Do you think that this is what uh, Kobe King was feeling? Do you think this is connected at all? Or do you think there are two entirely different situations? I'm not touching the Kobe King situation and pairing it directly with Greg Gard because there were things that had happened in the program that upset Kobe King. There was a racial slur involved. Like I, I'm not going to jump on Kobe King for leaving the program when that was something that was surrounding it. But I have figured out a solution on, a how, on how to make all seven of, of those seniors that sat down in the room with Greg guard and complained on why they weren't very good and why they didn't have the relationship and and for all the excuses that they had it's hockey subs i mean i remember when i was in fourth grade uh if there was eight people on a team everybody had a number one if there was eight people everyone one through eight and then uh one two three four five you were in after five minutes seven eight nine one two you guys were in so apparently that's what we've gotten to that the walk-ons and everyone who's on the team just wants to play and feel welcome so i think that's what we need to adapt moving forward so that the kids on the basketball team no longer complain about playing time or not feeling loved. Don't you need ten kids for that to work? Because no, at eight... Just, just no, you can do eight. One, ten two, three, straight four, minutes five. of hockey? 
No, five minutes of basketball. Oh, God. Every five minutes of basketball, you sub. One, two, three, four, five. It was five. the most roundabout way to just call these kids babies. <laughs> it, was, like, it was the most roundabout, like, you've got hockey and subs. Like, yeah, it was a good point. I get your point. <laughs> it was just a very roundabout way of getting there. Z and the D chimes in. Says ben is bringing it today, and I'm loving every minute of it. I would say Ben is about 90% right in what he's saying with some minor tweaks that could be said or done. What I'm waiting for is how the new player likeness and getting paid and how it affects UW programs and something like the issue affects recruitment. Meanwhile, the official apple farmer of Scalzo and Brust, Apple Man in the Orchard, chimes in and says, I am so tired of the younger generations, too soft, too offended, and they don't want to work, grow up, and tighten up. Apple Man on the road. I mean, seeing a quote that it like we're not here to enhance your resume. Well, why'd you even come? Like, like he is the head coach. You are there to win basketball games, which is to enhance the school and the coach's resume. Did you just come to get up stats so you can further your career? Because if you did, you're pretty dumb in choosing to come to Wisconsin. I'm I'm, I'm just gonna make that pretty clear. It's not exactly the place that you want to choose if you're just like, oh, this is about me and my professional career and my stats and my brand. It's not the place. So you're the idiot. John and Usberg chimes in eight hundred nine nine zero thirty seven seventy six. Says Ben is right. Holy bleep, Ben was. Right, and if you miss Ben being right, you could listen to uh, to the entirety of the show wherever you listen to your podcast. Check out the Scalzo and Bruss podcast. Uh, I do want to ask you here quickly, and we can revisit it on the other side, Benny. Um, with everything in terms of how you believe that student athletes are changing, do you think that there is a place uh, for a coach who builds that culture, or do you think that you need to adjust the way things have been done and in Wisconsin basketball, or is it just a, a Charmin class that came through in 2021 for the Badgers? Oh, look, ultimately you need to adjust because it seems to be a consistent theme. If seven seniors are feeling the same way, I don't think that the kids are just going to start changing. You need to adapt to find a way to reach the kids in a way that you clearly haven't been able to as the head coach with the group that he just had. Would Nate Reavers be able to host a radio show with me? Absolutely not. He would cry the first day and say, I, I want to I wanna go back to mommy. Eight hundred nine nine zero thirty seven seventy six. Again, eight hundred nine nine zero thirty seven seventy six. Alex Strofe, give me a number between one and ten. Five. Caller number five for Are You Smarter Than Ben Brust? Eight hundred nine nine zero thirty seven seventy six. Again, eight hundred nine nine zero thirty seven seventy six. Caller five. No, we're doing caller seven for the seven softest seniors that have ever come through the Wisconsin Badgers program. Caller 7, Caller 7, if you believe you're smarter than Ben Brust, and he is on it today, 800-990-3776, a chance to win a $50 gift card. If you think you're smarter than Ben Brust, 15 questions, 90 seconds to find out, 800-990-3776. Are you smarter than Ben Brust? Next, let's go,